Hello, everyone. Welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 154. And today we are looking at Jesus' wisdom on how to live in uncertain and unpredictable times. So if you're feeling like your life's a bit uncertain, you're not quite sure what to be doing or how to live, this is addressed in this passage. You know, there's several passages in the New Testament that speak about the end of the world. And as we get to this time of the year, this is the first Sunday in Advent, so we get to this time of the year, the passages that we look at are often to do with when the world ends as we know it. And one of the lines that caught my attention when the disciples asked Jesus, well, when will the world end? Or what what will it be like? Or how will we know when it's going to happen? What's the date? One of the things that Jesus says quite clearly is, I don't know when it will be. I can't give you dates and times. But I can tell you this. I can, I can tell you to stay awake. And by staying awake, this is the way he would say, pay attention to the things that are truly important. This is what he taught. Don't spend your days and your weeks and your years worried about the wrong thing. So today we're looking at a passage in Matthew 25. And it's really Jesus' final instructions to his students. It's always fascinating to look at, you know, the teachings that he gave his disciples before he leaves them. I always find final words compelling. And in this section of of Matthew's book, Jesus spends a lot of time preparing his students for the future. Now, their future was, well, this has been the same since for millennium. The future for the the ancient disciples 2,000 years ago was uncertain and unpredictable. And, you know, when you think about it, not a lot has changed since then. We still live in times where people are apprehensive. Let's just say that. They're apprehensive about the future. And, of course, the original listeners were extremely apprehensive about their future because there was a strong possibility that they would be persecuted for following Jesus' way. Now, for us here in North America, most of us aren't that concerned about being persecuted for following Christ. But certainly the first people would have been very concerned about that. And so when they think that the world's ending and things are getting, you know, going from bad to worse, Jesus would say, you know, how are you going to live? How are you going to live? Do you know how to pay attention to the right things? Need to take some lessons from Noah. It's like, okay, well, what happened to Noah? Do you remember that story of Noah from, oh, this is, way, way back to Genesis. The story of Noah is, is that the world, and this this will sound remarkably like today, the world was sort of, oh, 
a mess. So much trouble, so much violence, so much hatred. And uh, God speaks to Noah, and Noah is given the task of building an ark that will ultimately save him and his family from a coming flood that will wipe out all things. And he has the sense that, yeah, this is, I need to build this ark. And if he starts to build the ark long, long before there's any sign of rain. And of course, his neighbors and all the people that know him are saying, what are you doing? What are you wasting your time doing this for? But Noah's convinced that he has this task to do. And even though he's ridiculed, he believes that this is what God wants him to do. And so he faithfully, and I think that's one of the keys with Noah, he faithfully goes about doing what he believes is the right thing to do. And the end of the story is, in time, the flood did come, the rains did come, and the ark saved Noah and his family. So when Jesus speaks about, remember the context is the disciples are saying to him, well, when, when do you think it will all end? And Jesus says, well, never mind when, never mind the days. Why don't you live today and remember, take a lesson from Noah. And Jesus goes on to say, because in those days, this is a line from Matthew 25, verse 38. He says, in those days before the flood, remember what was happening in Noah's day? People were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And then the flood came and swept everyone away apart from Noah and his family. So pay attention to Noah. Yeah, pay attention. Learn from him. It's like, okay, okay. What's wrong with eating and drinking and marrying and being married, Jesus? It's like, we've just had Thanksgiving for goodness sake, right? It's, I'm, I'm recording this the Friday after Thanksgiving. So what I think he's getting at here is it's not the eating and the drinking and the marrying and being married. I think this is a way of speaking that's like, you know, you can forget the bigger picture in your life. You know, you can forget what's truly important and get sort of tied down in, into very sort of small ways of thinking. I mean, it's fine. All the good things in life can become such a preoccupation that that's all we think about. You know, it can work out that all we think about is eating and drinking and marrying and being married. I mean, our own tiny little focused groups and lives. And it's like Jesus is saying, you know, that's a very limited way to, of, of living. You know, don't fall asleep, as he would say. You have to remember the bigger picture. You know, this is why Jesus came in the first place, right? The first Christmas, it was to connect people with God. So it's like he's saying, if all you're concerned about is your eating and your drinking and your relationships, and which is, there's nothing wrong at one level, but I mean, have you forgotten what's truly important, what's truly life-sustaining? Because that's the reason Jesus came in the first place, right? Jesus, the Jesus-shaped God came into the world. Why? Well, basically, to remind people of what's truly important. So, 
it sounds kind of like a threat, you know, when he talks about Noah, but I think it's more of a reality check. And Jesus is saying, look, remember Noah. He was faithful, right? A lot of people weren't faithful. And then the flood came. In other words, unexpected things happen to people all the time. All the time, not just 2,000 years ago, not just in Noah's time. Unexpected events happen. Could be something small, could be something big, like I wasn't expecting to lose my job, or I never dreamed this marriage would end, this relationship wouldn't work out, or I never thought I would, I've always been healthy, I never thought I would get sick, or unexpected things happen. This is the way our world is. There is an element of insecurity about it. And so what Jesus often teaches is, given the fact that this is the way the world is, how do you live each day? Given, you know, given the fact that you know that this is an insecure world, given the fact that you know that unpredictable things can happen, how do you live in this world? Now, the way he would, the way he would word it is, make, stay awake is his term, or stay, stay awake, or don't fall asleep, which is, be, we might say nowadays, be mindful of what is truly important. When you're spiritually awake, you're paying attention to the right things and you're not getting bogged down in all the small things that really don't matter six months from now. The things that you might be worried about or spending a lot of energy in or getting frantic about, is that ultimately life-giving? Is that truly important? Would you be doing that if you only had a day left? Right? Um, remember Martin Luther, what Martin Luther said was interesting when we were talking about the end of the world and people were asking Martin Luther, you know, about the end and the last days. And he said, what would you do? And he said, I would plant a tree today, which means I wouldn't do anything differently. If I knew that tomorrow was my last day, I wouldn't live any differently because I'm focusing on what I need to be focusing on today. I'm all caught up, in other words, Luther's saying. I'd plant the tree. I don't have a list of all the things I should have done, I should have said, I would have liked to do. Now, it's sort of like living in the present reality, the present moment. You know, when we're spiritually awake, we're living fully in this moment. We're attending to the things that are ours to do, not somebody else's. We're paying attention to the things that we are called to do at this time. Actually, you know, there's a whole teaching on, the, on our orientation to time, which certainly deserves a, a whole teaching by itself. But just, I'll give you a little sneak preview of this. I only learned this two or three years ago myself that we actually all have different orientations to time. In other words, some of us, there's three, there's three places we can put our minds, past, present, or future. We're going to favor 
one of these areas. Now, we have access to all three areas, right? We can think about the past, we can think about the present, we can think about the future, but one of these areas we're going to favor and we're gonna spend more time there than anywhere else. So, if you are a person with an orientation to time that is future, you're gonna spend a lot of time planning up ahead, thinking about what's next, what you're gonna do later on today, tomorrow, tonight, this afternoon, whenever. You're always going to be veering toward being up ahead. Whereas, if your orientation to time is more in the past, and you'll know people like this, they love to talk about or think about things that have happened, conversations that have happened, previous experiences perhaps, you know, previous Thanksgivings or previous Christmases. And then there's others, like particularly people that are with an orientation to the future, they never think about that kind of stuff. They never think about it for the most part, you know? And then some are more present, which would be they're aware of today and what's going on around them. Now, like I said, we have all, we have access to all three places, but we're gonna favor one. And it's worthwhile thinking about which one you favor, because the two that you're neglecting can help you in your spiritual growth. Jesus teaches a lot about our relationship with time, and he teaches a lot about the strengths and the dangers of spending too much time up ahead or too much time in the past, right? So he says things like, no one who puts... Uh, their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom, which is a way of saying, don't get stuck in the past. Don't keep rehashing old stuff. Or further back from the Old Testament, Isaiah, forget the former things, don't dwell in the past. Why would they say that? Well, why would it be unhelpful to always be thinking about the past. Well, it's fine if you're looking back with thanksgiving and gratitude, and it's, it's a pleasure, right? But imagine what would happen if you got all caught up in the regret of the past, or if you got caught up in the guilt of the past, or the unforgiveness of the past. Yeah, that wouldn't be so great, right? Imagine if you got all caught up in the grief of the past and you could never, ever leave that grief behind and the hurts and the disappointments. You could see how all these things would steal our joy today. Jesus would say that is not being spiritually awake. That's not being spiritually awake. That's not the way to live. Because if you're always reminiscing and thinking and dwelling upon the past, you're not living in what God has given you today. You're basically living in a space that's gone. And the worst part is, is that we can miss what God is doing for us today because we're not paying attention. We're not really awake to it, right? We can cut ourselves off from 
what God is doing today. Why? Because I'm too busy thinking about the past. I don't even see what's going on today. Yeah, it's, it's tricky, you know, because there is a line between working through the hurts and mistakes and learning from the past. That's, that's a good thing. And it's important to feel the grief and the anger and the abandonment of the past. But then again, the caveat, you don't want to be hanging around there too long so that we can no longer find any joy in the present so we can get stuck in the pain and hurt of the past. So for Jesus, so much of spiritual health is this balancing act. It's a pulling back to this present moment, and it's what he would call staying awake. Now, of course, staying awake doesn't magically take care of all our problems, right? Because, you know, for some of us, the present might be very painful or difficult, or it might be overly challenging. So it's not like it's some magical formula that takes away our problems, but what it does is, is that it makes it, this is the place, the present is the place where God meets us. You know, it tends to be the place where we're, we're going to be paying attention and that's going to be the place that God meets us. And, you know, and the same problem is true, you know, if we're, if we're looking up ahead, it's the same thing. You know, if I'm always looking ahead, if I'm always planning, if I'm always trying to accomplish things, and as soon as I accomplish something, then I've got something else I want to accomplish, I can get on this whole way of living that is always pushing on ahead, always looking ahead, and yet the same thing can happen, I'm missing what God is doing in the moment. Jesus would say, well, if you're always moving, if you're always planning, if you're always accomplishing, you're really not awake. Really not spiritually awake. You're living in the future. So the call is always for Jesus to get back to the present now, at this moment. It's always the call. Because it's where we are in this moment that we get insight or a new perspective. And this is the awake place that he talks about. This is the awakened state that he speaks about. This is the place where you finally make the decision that you've been struggling with and you know that this is the path you need to take. That would be you're awake. Or this is the moment that you decide I'm moving on, truly, I am moving on, I am forgiving, and I am letting go. That would be a present moment, right? Or you're ready to make an important change. That would be being awake. This is the Spirit of God at work in our lives, where we get this insight. Now, again, we're going to miss these sorts of insights and perspectives if we're thinking, if we're, if, we're, if we're dwelling too much in the past or if we're way, way up ahead too much. These insights tend to come in the moment where we are. That's where we get clarity. That's where we get clarity. 
But this can only happen when we're awake. And much of the time, I think what happens in our spiritual life is, is that God gives us, a, God tweaks our perspective. We might get a brand new perspective, but oftentimes it's like a tweaking of a perspective where, you know what? This is important, but it's taken up way too much time. Or are you sure you want to continue to spend your time investing in this particular thing at this particular level? Yeah, maybe that was okay for you 10 years ago, but is that what you, is that what you should be doing now? So it's like we're paying attention to God's leading. We're not way back in the past. We're not way up in the future. We're, we're trying to be here. It's like, God, help me see things as you see them. My own seeing is very limited. In other words, I can get really sleepy to the right things. I know you're telling me to stay awake, but I can get really sleepy to the right, to, to, to the right things. Because lots of things can make me, as G using Jesus' language, lots of things can make me sleepy, right? Fear, anxiety, disappointment. These things can sort of take over. They take your attention. Whereas Jesus would say, no, no, no. Resist that. Stay awake. Stay awake to the right things. Stay awake to the right things. Reflect on, you know, whatever's taken up a lot of your time, your energy, if it's not life-giving, yeah, you can question that. You can question that. You can question things that aren't life-giving. Say, am I, am I really, is this what I should be doing at this time? Investing in this? Or should I be putting my energy and my life's energy into something else. Where would you have me put my time? Where would you have me put my energy? It's like being spiritually awake is like checking back with the source of life, who is God. And we're just checking in that we're on track because it's so easy for us to get off track. So when Jesus is saying to his first disciples, and of course, also to us, to stay awake, I think that's the prayer and that's the heart cry. It's like, okay, I, want, uh, I will, but you have to help me here. You have to show me how to live and how to spend my energy and my time. And if I'm spending my energy and time in the wrong way and in the, with the wrong people, or with the wrong work, or in the wrong relationship, make it known to me so that I don't waste time, so that I can live this awakened life that you're calling me to. There's the prayer. There's the heart cry. God, help us to see, help us to stay awake to the right things. Well, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.